1: Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now, your host, Lisa Kosky.
0: Welcome, listeners. I'm really excited today, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I have Jennifer Lee here, and she is the founder of Modern Wealth. She's out in Florida, so I'm a little jelly about that because I'm in Wisconsin right now, and it's a little cold. But the real reason that I'm excited to talk to Jennifer is I just feel so blessed that I get to meet all these amazing people, and I know you're going to teach me something that's going to help me in my life, and then I hope that that's shared with the listeners. But what Jennifer does is she helps people with their finances through transition. So it could be the death of a spouse or divorce, like in our you know, case that we're gonna be talking about, or when you're looking into retirement. So Jennifer is gonna share um some information about what she does and how she got to do what she's doing, what led her down this path. I think it's a really Interesting story. She's been at it a long time visiting her dad in his office. So she's very comfortable with finances. And that makes me excited because, Jennifer, I'm not. And I want to be. And I want my listeners to be. And I do feel like they're scary. And, um, you know, we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about what's in your book. But you talk about how there's a non-money spouse. I think that was the wording that you used. I think both my husband and I may be non-money, <laughs> so, so I'm ready to delve in. Here's my only regret. I did not have a chance to read your book called Squeeze the Juice, Live with Purpose, Then Leave a Legacy, and so I may have to have you back on. I just took a speed reading course, so I am ripe to read through it, and I'm really excited. So, Jennifer, <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thank you for having me um, speed reading course. I remember trying to do that in college just to see if it would actually help me. I, I did not master it. So I hope that, I hope that you it takes more-
0: practice. It takes practice and it's hard. To, and then there are some times when I'm like, well, do I have to always speed read now? I mean, I just want to read this novel relaxed.
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, I don't know that you can speed read my book and really get what you're trying <laughs> to get out of it. But um, but let me know, please. All right. Please I will know. for sure. Okay. So, um, well, I'm very excited to be here. I, I love talking about money, and it makes so many people uncomfortable. Most mm-hmm. of my clients, in fact, and um, probably a lot of your readers, and that's okay um, because you don't have to be comfortable with money because I am, right? <laughs> um, and I really try to, try to break it down. I, I wrote my book on purpose to have the conversations that we need to have and break it down into simple steps. So, You know, when I think about managing money and financial planning, I have a chapter called um, Financial Planning is Simple. It's two things. I just need to know two things. What do you have? What's your income? What's your earnings? What are your assets? Do you have inheritance? All these, do you own a business? And then what do you want? Right? Do you want financial freedom? What does that mean to you? Do you want a mountain house? Do you want a trip to Africa? Do you want to educate your children? Do you want to just have extra money to shop at Costco and Starbucks? What is it that you want? And then we, as advisors, help you make your assets as efficient as possible. We're going to explain the stuff in the middle, but you have to be present in the meeting, but then you can let it go, and we'll remind you when you come back in.
0: Okay, so I want to delve into that more in a second, but I want to find out a little bit more about how do you think you became comfortable with money? What's your background? <laughs>
1: um, uh, as a as a little kid, I used to roll quarters and dimes and nickels and pennies. Um, I remember the worksheet that was brought into kindergarten when they actually <laughs> brought in coins for us to play with and match mm-hmm. up with the worksheet. So it's kind of innate in me. It's been around uh, a long time. Um, and I think that that everybody has a money story. And for me, you know, my money story is an actual, um, it's contextual. I, I i can touch it. I remember it. Um, and um, lots of people have different, different experiences. I met a young lady um, just two months ago, and we were chatting about what her experience is. And she was very nervous about investing and nervous about money and has all this cash in savings accounts. And I said, tell me about your experience growing up. And she said, well, you know, my dad was particularly risky. He would have big wins and big, and big failures. We, um, we actually, he went bankrupt twice. Um, We had we lost our home, all these things. So it's very scary. So for her, it's a, there's a psychological component, right? Mm-hmm. She likes having $120,000 sitting in cash in the bank. While that may not make a lot of sense, as an advisor, I have to help her manage through that and say, okay, well, would $60,000 make you feel comfortable? And can we make the other part of your money more efficient? Mm-hmm. You know, So it's a delicate balance to understand somebody's history with money. Mine happens to be positive.
0: Right. Um, You know, and I've got to guess. I mean, I don't know for certain, but I I would imagine a lot of people um, have a difficult, and I don't know why that is. And I think especially women that I find, um, you know, that are going through divorce, it is, finances are scary to them. And um, I like how um, you talk about what you value. And I love how you talked about that client and how you wanted to find out what she valued and then you helped her. So even if it's kind of like when you design a divorce, even if the couple's going to do something that seems odd, right? And that maybe a lot of people won't understand if it makes sense to the two of them and it's how they want to do it. So I'm guessing that if she really values that, that she wants that $120,000 in savings, then you're going to be like, well, I can give you advice, but if that's your what you value. Um, and I think that's interesting because at, it's helping me to think through what I value. And I don't know that I've ever really done that. Like, what do I really want? And right. I know that um, I love to help my children, my adult children. I've got one, in college. I mean, my grandkids, my husband teases me. I would go bankrupt giving my children everything that I could. That is who I am. Um, But I do want to be able to leave them something. And at the same time, I want to be able to spend beautiful time with them on the little family farm with a lake home. So, and you know what, Jennifer, until I read the information, when I started stalking you a little bit, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that I ever really thought about What do I really want? So I think for listeners, and if you're going through a divorce, it may be as simple as I want to start over. I want to know that I can afford my life. I want to know that I can afford my future. And I want to help people feel more at ease. That's always my main thing too. And I think getting a little bit of clarity helps. And you said, you said it's simple. Well, to me, it's not. I know, <laughs> so I'm going to, my little mind monkeys are going to jump in and go, it's not that easy. And here's <laughs> the thing. This is what I thought of when you said it's easy. So yeah, I know what I have. I know what I have. I know my assets, my income and my husband's income changes. I don't okay. know what that's going to be. And that makes me give up and walk away and put my head in the sand. Okay. So, so, what do you do?
1: I have a lot of experience with ostrich. Um, <laughs> many, of my, many of my clients would prefer to not um, you know not think beyond the the basics of this stuff and it's not a matter of uh, it's certainly not a matter of intelligence. It's a matter of interest. It's just not your your aptitude and your interest. You just shared with me that your interest is family values. Your interest is quality time experiences with your kids and your grandchildren that's what's important to you. So that's what you want. So how do we facilitate that happening? So your husband and yourself and in your uh, circumstance um, have uh, varying income. So parts of that may be um, stable and static, and then there might be an extra part that's bonus. So yep. it goes to, you know, we can have this conversation offline certainly, but it's, it goes to what do you have to, what do you need to pay for? And then what do you want so there's need to have and want to have now when okay. you're going through a divorce um I, the women that most all women that i talk to who are going through this more often than not are the non-money party and that's okay like breathe take a minute what i want you to know is you need a a dream team, you need a coach or a therapist, you need an advisor and an advocate, and you need maybe an attorney or a mediator, right? Mm -hmm. You need somebody to, on the legal side, tell you what your options are. If you went hardcore into court, what what are you really going to get? Best case scenario, you need a financial person to look at the assets and tell you what your life is going to look like when you have to take the, the money and divide it over two households. Mm-hmm. Um, you also need that person to talk you through, I know you really wanna stay in the house. Do you want to be house poor? If, you're, if you get that house and all your money is tied up in that house and you can't do the other things that you want, is that gonna be okay? You know, right, so- and
0: Jen- Yeah, Jennifer, we talk mm-hmm. about that a lot. I don't mean to interrupt you, but there are so many people that want that. And then we've learned that they find that when they're stressed out, trying to afford that house, thinking it's the best thing for their kids, they're not taking care of themselves because they're stressed out, mom or dad. And their kids maybe aren't able to do things that they're used to doing. So people have found that downsizing, even though it seems hard, is actually a better outcome,
1: and and it and I think you're you're absolutely right. But our job is to walk them through those scenarios. Right? Yes. What does it look like if you keep the house? What does it look like if you yes. downsize? And sometimes you know the cost may be comparable because um, you know the house is is newer and interest rates are higher right yeah. now. There's all different factors, so. So I really tried very similar to you in terms of style with clients. I really understand that this is a emotional nightmare and a Mm -hmm. roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And I want to take the angst out of any part of the money stuff that I can. So oftentimes um, I'll work with people who are going through the process and just do what I call, they'll say, well, what do I do? You know, do I, do I need to hire you? And um, you know, you're going to manage my money. Well, right now you're in the middle of divorce and you're in the middle of chaos. What you need is a triage, right? You just need some advice, some direction, some counsel and to get you through to that point. Now, once you're divorced, once your assets come through with with quadros and all those other things and they're divided and moved around, then I usually ask you to breathe for a minute. Yeah. And then we have a meeting and we say, okay, here's the assets. Now, how do we go about making yeah. your life moving forward? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love that you brought up the breathing, the taking the deep breath. And I, I want to just add this in because I'm thinking of myself, how I'm telling you, I don't like finances. I'm not comfortable with them. What the, the thought, that I'm trying to change in my head is saying, I am a woman learning how to be comfortable with finances and beginning to understand that it's not that difficult. Now, when I say that to myself, that's so much more helpful. And I do believe that. I can believe that. And so I try to help my my, um, non-money people it that way too, that you're learning. And when I, it's so interesting, Jennifer, when people will come to me and they're first starting this divorce journey, and I have the most beautiful clients that want to do it together, which I love. So they come to me, but it's so interesting. They don't have a lot of information, you know, they're there. It's so emotional, but they haven't really looked at where they are what assets they have, what is the law regarding how things are split. So they come to me really dear in headlights. And so what I would advise people who are out there who are thinking about divorce and maybe haven't even taken a step or maybe aren't even able to work with me, that they at least take a moment and look at what their assets are. Start seeing, looking at those statements that are coming in Checking out those emails, starting to make a list of what you own. And then on the other side of that, a budget. Everyone hates the budget. Nobody wants to do the budget. But once they do it, it feels a little painful. Once they do it, even though sometimes they're not as well off as they thought they were, they have that clarity, which always brings a little peace when you shine that light in. And I'm talking about
1: this, and I'm not always good about a budget either. So not, you know, may, may I just uh, comment on the budget part? I, yes. I, I extracted the word budget from my vocabulary because okay. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay. So I don't like wanna, it either. <laughs> you want to avoid it like the plague. So <laughs> I use the word discretion. Okay. So I say, okay, well, um, what is your discretionary number? And you say, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So. What money comes in into the household or into your, your bank account, and what do you have to pay? your mortgage, your yeah. cell phone bill, your, your car insurance, food, etc. What's left is at your discretion. You can buy gifts for the grandkids, you can do book a trip, you can buy clothes, you can go to Costco, you can have a Starbucks thing. Whatever it is is at your discretion. You can also take a piece of that, and save for a short-term goal or a long-term goal Mm -hmm. so you know it always comes back to these conversations initially with somebody like me with me um maybe not with everybody who's in the financial world i think they a lot of times uh uh, my my colleagues will just focus on the numbers and how do we transfer your account yes we need to do that but um if I don't understand what you have to work with and what you want to accomplish, I can't really serve you properly. So I always want to get to what is your discretionary number? So uh, let we may go through this for you and your spouse and come up with and say, Oh, we've got thousands of dollars every month at my discretion. But Jennifer, I don't have thousands of dollars in my checking account every month. You said, well, you know, it's dribs and drabs going to Costco and it's here and it's there and you're not noticing it. So it's unconscious spending. Mm-hmm. So just like you said, once you know, there's some comfort in that. So a lot of times when you go through that process and you realize you have $3,000 a month of discretionary money, then you can't unknow that information. So you, you I like you, that, are yep. more thoughtful about what you spend. Hey, if you want to buy a, a, you know, electric bikes at Costco this weekend and you're buying two and it's twelve hundred dollars, but your discretionary number is only three grand, well you can't do another trip this month as well. Right. You gotta wait. So
0: yeah. That okay, so what that tip that you just gave me made me better at what I do because I, I think I can bring that in when I have my sheets for people to fill out for their budget. I think I'm going to have them first do what are the necessary and do that total. And then I do have them take guesses. So they have an idea of what they're going to spend on haircuts and clothes and kids gifts. Um, But, you know, okay, I'm going to say this. This is kind of tough. Some of my clients aren't making enough to even hit the number of what they need. Exactly. So then... How do we take control? How do we take control of our finances?
1: That that's very hard. My um my mother in law is no longer with us, but um, she was. um, I I went over her budget. uh, I I don't know hundreds of times. It felt like, um, and I got her to a place where her discretionary number was four hundred dollars, but she always spent more on her on her credit card. And then every once in a while, she'd be like, um. You no, know, i got ten thousand dollars on my credit card shall i be paying this high interest no we gotta pay it off we gotta you know sell things and pay it off but so she lived above her means so you know that's a dangerous place to be um so what i did with her is she had a 400 a month of discretionary money i recommended that she get four 100 bills and put them in her wallet And that way when she went to a restaurant with her girlfriends, you spend the hundred dollars and go, Oh, you know, if I want to get my nails done next week, I'm gonna need another hundred dollars. So you can you can see it, you can taste it, you can touch it. I think with with debit cards and credit cards, it gets a little bit dangerous.
0: Well Um, I can't help it, Jennifer, as you're talking about this. You know, you're talking about someone who is a bit more elderly. I'm thinking about all these young people. Yeah. I'm thinking about, I mean, my husband and I talk about how nobody owns a home and they're wearing like $500 leggings, <laughs> maybe not $500. Yeah. Yeah. But I just feel like uh, our society is so different than it used to be, where we're. it's really easy to live above means and i'm not gonna lie i think i do sometimes you know and and i think of that like i think of when my youngest before she went to college she was going to a private school showing horses oh i don't know why sorry if you're on video you can see the thumb going up did you see that i'm doing i I didn't mean to have that bubble pop up but um You know, so I'm spending a lot, a great amount of money and we can afford it, but affording it with the bonus income, not with what's just coming in. And that was hard. That was scary to live like that. I don't want to do that again. And I really do want to take control of this. So um, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, well, one, I probably should talk to you. (laughs) Not on the air and schedule an appointment. But number two, I do want to start to look at what do we need to spend every month? And then um, I like that idea about cash. But, you know, honestly, some places won't take it. Some places won't take cash, which
1: is interesting. Yeah. And, and that was just because, um, you know, she was stubborn with the credit card. Yeah. <laughs> <minus laughs> a solution. lot of people are, yeah. But, you know, my my nieces are in their 20s and they, um, um, you know, they don't use cash. They use Venmo and and Zelle mm-hmm. and all those things and Apple Pay and, and all those things. So every generation is a little, and I do as well, but um, every generation is a little bit different. Um, I think it's just a matter of getting clear about, um about your discretionary what you're trying to accomplish what you want what's important to you in life and even you know it's gonna change and that's okay you know it's not yeah. permanent you don't have to say well I already made my goals no they're fluid they're gonna be moving and changing um and those are discussions that should be had in between but understanding how much you have at your discretion or realizing you're upside down yeah guess what something has to change so mm-hmm. what changes what do you do well, I like to say um, you can. You can. Um, there's only two options: you can make more money, or you can yep. spend less. Yeah, maybe I, a little
0: I mean, bit I don't, of both.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't have any other solutions for you. You either have to make more money, or you have to spend less. So that might mean um, a roommate situation for a yeah. period of time. That might mean a second par- uh, part-time job. I don't know.
0: Um, but yeah. And, you know, Jennifer, I think it's really hard. Like I, I think of some of my stories where I have some couples who have been married for a very long period of time. And sometimes I'm just going to use the example that the husband goes off has an affair, doesn't want to be in the marriage anymore. And wife didn't work, didn't take care of the money. And now her life is changing. It's 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 so hard when it's hard not to feel like a victim, yes. right? When you're starting out and you've got less, you've got to figure it out. You're not going to be able to live, no matter how we try to make it fair and and set up everything. It's not going to be the same. Nope. And so and so, I guess I could jump into feeling like a victim. Then I mean, I I would. But um, we don't want that, right? We want this to be an opportunity. We want it to be an opportunity, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. No, But it is an opportunity for the first time in this woman's life to become comfortable with money. And it is, I think what's really kind of freeing too is that they get to decide how they're going to spend the discretionary. So they may live in a smaller house, Maybe they're doing their own nails, you know, whatever it is, but they get to make decisions and there's something really beautiful about that.
1: There is, there is. And and it is, it it can be scary. Um, You know, I, I like to, when I talk to young people and this, this is really applicable to, to anybody who's in a change mode. But when I talk to young people, I ask them or anybody, if, if you were to suddenly receive $25 million, okay, that's it's like an overwhelming amount of money, mm-hmm. you traveled, you bought your friends' houses, you did all kinds of crazy things. You've done it all. Now, what do you do every day? What is your life like? Who do you spend time with? And looking at, at life that way, or looking at an example of a, of a, of a, um, of that kind of intensity allows you to think about, well, I really love exactly what I do. I wouldn't change anything. I love, like you, I can tell that you love coaching and you love doing this mediation and you love being there for people. You probably wouldn't change it, right? You might do it less time. You might do it from, you know, Tahiti. I don't know, but other than other than uh, the circumstances, you would still do what you do. So that might help somebody recenter themselves and say, you know, I really love working with, I love animals. So I want to go work um, for a veterinarian and then I might go get, you know, a, a tech license or what, whatever it is. It just helps you really hone in on, hey, I do have skills yeah, and I do have passions. I just wasn't thinking about them in my marriage. Now you've got to think about it for yourself. Right.
0: Yeah, that, okay. So that is, that was such a good piece of information that I have never thought of before, whether you're getting divorced or just thinking through what you value spending your money on. If you, I love that. Never heard it, Jennifer. And now I can use that tool to look at what if I was able to have everything I wanted What would my days look like? Who would I be spending my time with? And what would I be doing? That's how you find out what the value is. Oh, that's juicy, good stuff. Can you drop some some friends? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I do have one more question. Sure. And I wanted to ask you about Squeeze the Juice, the title of your book. What made you? And I think we're going to do this. I usually ask for a key takeaway, but we're getting where the time is pounding along here, and I want to make sure I find out about the "squeeze the juice" title of your book. What gave you that title?
1: So, um, you know, when I was a kid, my father used to say things like, you know, um, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta squeeze the juice. You gotta get the best out of it. And so, really, what it means to me is. Um it's kind of like you speed reading the book. What is the juice you're going to get <laughs> yes. out of it, right? Like what is the most meaningful part? Um and it's this it's this podcast. It's um having a conversation with somebody that you meet um in a store. It's um it's traveling and seeing something amazing. It's getting the juice, getting the best of it. Make sure that you have something good out of every experience. And mm-hmm. um so that's really where it came from. I I love what I do. I love talking about money. I love getting to the essence of um, what excites people in their life and helping them helping them make it happen. Yeah.
0: Well, my dear, you have helped me and I'm sure you've helped the listeners and I'm going to do another podcast when I'm done with the book, whether I speed read it or not. I think you
1: slow read it. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. It's, I will tell you, it's not painful. I do promise you that it's fun stories, and it and I try to I try to make it very um, approachable for the reader because my reader doesn't like to talk about money. Right. Um, so, so
0: right. So it's going. It's going to be really fun for me to delve in, and it's going to help me change that relationship that I have. So. I feel so blessed to have met you. And I'm so thankful that you took the time to be here. And I think I'm going to stay in touch with you.
1: I would love that. This was really fun. All
0: right. right. You take good care. Thanks for
1: having me. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.